Bibles there, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're skipping ahead just a little bit in our study of 1 Corinthians to the 15th chapter, because here we find a wonderful passage that Paul writes about the resurrection of Christ. You might remember that last year we were uh, studying in the Gospel of John, and we hadn't quite reached the place of the resurrection. So we skipped a few chapters ahead, and we talked about it in uh, the month of April then. And then when we got to the regular study, to the part where John talked about uh, the resurrection of Christ, we had Easter all over again. We had Easter in the month of July. And thank the Lord for this, that we have Easter every Sunday morning because Jesus came out of the grave. But we are going to uh, skip ahead today, and we're going to study from the 15th chapter, and then a little bit later on the year, we come right back to this passage again, and we'll have Easter once more. Uh, For two weeks, Brother Gary Moline and I were traveling in Israel, and uh, we saw many of the tourist sites that most people see. Uh, We saw a lot of things that most tourists don't get to see as well. But one of the places that we visited was the Garden Tomb, And this is the place where they say that Jesus was buried and it was the site of the resurrection of Christ. Well, they don't actually know if that is, in fact, the tomb of Jesus. Matter of fact, the best way that you would know whether Jesus was buried in that tomb was if you were to go there and inside you would find a body. If you found the bones of Jesus in that tomb, then you could be certain that this was the place where Jesus was laid. Well, as we looked into that tomb on that particular day, the thought occurred to me, what if we did look inside of this tomb and there we found that body, or at least we found the bones of Jesus Christ? What if there was a sign on that tomb that said, here lies the body of Jesus Christ? Would that make a difference to us? Well, since we don't know if that was the actual tomb, what if one day we picked up our newspapers And in big, bold letters, it had written there, Archaeologists have found the body of Jesus of Nazareth. And you opened up your paper, and you read through there for several pages, and it explained on page after page how the archaeologists were absolutely sure that this was, in fact, the body of Jesus Christ. Would that make a difference to us if they were to find the body of Jesus? Could you keep on being a Christian if they found his body? And to some people, it wouldn't make much of a difference, I don't think, to the television evangelists and those who are making millions of dollars merchandising the gospel of Christ. If they found the body of Jesus, I have a suspicion they'd go on preaching. They'd still show up week after week and talk about it because there's money to be made off of this. But if they were to find the bones of Jesus Christ, I promise you this, I could not go on, I could not continue to be a Christian. They might continue, you might continue, but absolutely I could not be a Christian if they found the body of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, I know that he couldn't continue on because it was the resurrected Jesus Christ that met him on the road to Damascus. Jesus saved him there. And so if the body of Jesus were found in a tomb, then for sure Paul couldn't have been saved and he would not have been apostle of Jesus Christ. Well, what if the body was found in a tomb. What would that mean? Well, Paul actually tells us what it would mean in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to read about that today. We're going to start reading with verse number 12, 
And uh, we're going to read down to verse number 22. But now we're going to stop at verse number 19. So keep your Bibles open. We're going to come back and read some more. And as we read this, I want you to notice the number of times that Paul says, if, if there is no resurrection, if Jesus is still in the tomb, there are certain things that would be true. I'd like you to stand with me, please, as we read God's Word. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll begin reading with verse number 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then not is Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and yet ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And that means those that have died. They've died in Christ and they are perished if there is no resurrection. If in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are of all men most miserable. Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, as we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, would you open our hearts to your word? Help us to understand the serious consequences if they were to find the body of Jesus in a tomb. We thank you, Lord, that the bones have never been found, that we do serve a resurrected Christ, and because of that, we have great hope today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Is it really necessary for the body of Jesus to be missing? On that resurrection morning when the disciples ran hastily to the tomb and they looked inside, when they looked at the, uh, inside the tomb and they saw the grave closed there and they saw no body there, what if they had seen what they expected to see? Now, the disciples were very confused about the resurrection of Christ, and they often asked him from time to time what all of those things meant. And I don't believe that when they first went to that tomb that they really expected that Christ would not be there when they looked in. But they heard the news that the body was gone, and when they went, they looked inside, and all that they saw were the grave clothes of Jesus. But what if they looked in that tomb, and in fact the body of Jesus would be there? was there? Is it important that that Christ did arise from the grave? Well, I would submit to you this morning that that is an absolute imperative in order to be a Christian. This whole worldwide system of Christianity would completely fall apart if Jesus were still in the tomb. Like a house of cards, it would all collapse if they were to find the body of Jesus. I heard about two demons that were guarding the tomb of Jesus on those three days that he was in the tomb. And one demon said to the other, I hope that he doesn't come out of the grave. I sure hope he doesn't come out of the grave, because if he does, all heaven will break loose. And that is exactly what happened. When Jesus came out of the grave, folks, all heaven broke loose. Now we're going to look at both sides of this issue today. What would be true if Jesus did not arise from the grave? What, what would that mean? And then we're going to look at the other side of it. What does it mean to us because Jesus has arisen from the grave. Now, first, if Jesus is dead, there are several negative consequences that we need to consider. 
And I want to give you five negative consequences that would be true if Jesus was in the tomb. Now, first of all, if they found the body of Jesus, then that would mean that our founder is a failure. And if you want to add a little bit more to that, not only is our founder a failure, but we could say that he's a fake. We would say he's a fraud. All of the religions in the world can continue. They go on just like they are, even though the founder of that religion is dead. You know, when I first came to California, I was simply amazed at the amount of religious diversity that I saw in this state. Now, I'm an old Kentucky boy. I come from the Bible Belt. And I'd met many people that were Christians. I met a lot of people that were worthless Christians. But even among the ones who said they weren't Christians, I had never before met a Buddhist. I'd never before met a Muslim. But when I came to California, I began to talk with people that, that had never heard of the Bible stories that I grew up with. And it made no difference to them at all that the founder of their religion was dead. The Buddhists go right on. They don't care that Buddha is dead. The Muslims, that was begun a, a religion that begun by Muhammad about 600 years after Jesus was crucified, it makes no difference at all to a Muslim that their leader is dead. Today they have a shrine for him, the most holy site in all of Islam in Medina, and that's where you'll find the body of Muhammad. Their leader is as dead as a doornail, and it makes no difference at all to his fo their followers. They can continue on in their religion. But did you know that the whole basis of Christianity that Jesus made in John chapter 2, verse 19. There he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. He was talking about his body. And he said, if you destroy this body, if you kill me, I promise you, in three days I'm coming back from the dead. Now Jesus compared that in John chapter 12 to the experience of Jonah. He said, for even as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. As surely as Jonah went into the whale's belly, and he was held there for three days and then got out of the whale's belly, Jesus said, if you put me in a tomb, if you kill me, if you crucify me, I'm coming back to life. I will come out of that tomb. But you know, if they found the body of Jesus, that would make him a liar. Jesus didn't... Paul and the apostles would all be liars because they testified that Jesus was raised from the dead. Later on in this 15th chapter, Paul writes and he says, Peter saw him. He said, the apostles, the other apostles saw him. He wrote and he said, I saw him. And then he also said there were 500 more people who saw Jesus after he was resurrected. And friends, if Jesus' body is still in a tomb, then that means all of these men are liars. They testified that Jesus arose from the grave, in fact, when he did not. Now, you couldn't say about Jesus that he's a wonderful moral teacher if he didn't come out of the grave. You couldn't put him up there with Buddha and Jesus and Muhammad and say he's on their level because he was a great teacher. Those men never said they were coming back from the dead. Not once did they claim that they would come back to life after they died. But that is exactly what Jesus said. And if Jesus did not actually come out of the grave, there's nothing moral about him. He's a liar. He's a fraud. Now, you might say, well, he was a little bit deranged. Maybe he was fooling himself. Maybe he was a few bricks short of a full load. Or the elevator didn't go all the way to the top floor. 
Maybe that's what his problem was. But to conclude that, you have to read the rest of the New Testament. And there I think you'll very quickly that Jesus does not appear to be a deranged person. He doesn't appear to be a lunatic in the things that he said. And so there's only one conclusion that we can come to, that Jesus is exactly who he said that he was, and that's why we can't find his bones in any tomb. If they found the corpse of Jesus and his body is not missing, but it's still here, I promise you this, I'll leave this pulpit. I'll start selling used cars. I'll do something. I'll burn my Bible because I cannot continue to be a Christian if they were to find the body of Jesus Christ. And that's because my founder would be a failure and he's a fraud. Then secondly, what if they were to find the body of Jesus? Well, this would be true, that our faith is foolish. Now, Paul goes on here to say, if there is no resurrection, all preaching is pointless. Verse number 14 says, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. So without a resurrection of Christ, all preaching would be pointless. Even with the resurrection, there's a lot of preaching that's pointless. I I wonder, as I think about Christianity today, and I hear about churches where pastors get up in pulpits, and they never even once open the Bible. They never read from the Scriptures. I would say the pastor who does that has preaching that is pointless. We're here to study the Word of God. Pointless preaching doesn't open the Bible. But did you know that if they found the body of Jesus, then what I've been doing now for 36 years would have been totally fruitless and totally pointless? I've been studying the Bible and teaching the Bible, but it'd be just a total waste of time. I have thousands of dollars worth of books that are in my library And if Jesus did not come out of that grave, we might as well take all of those books, let's pile them up, let's make a bonfire, let's have a wiener roast instead of an Easter egg hunt today, because that's all pointless. It doesn't matter. You see, Jesus has to come out of that grave. There are men who wrote the books that are in my library, and and many of them spent their entire lives expounding Scripture from morning till night. They studied the Scriptures and they told what they believed the Scriptures said. All of that is pointless if Jesus is still in a tomb. John Bunyan, who spent 12 years, John Bunyan, the great Puritan preacher, the great Baptist preacher, spent 12 years in the Bedford jail, and he would have done that absolutely for nothing if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. There are people who died as martyrs all throughout the history of Christianity, people that were burned at the stake, Arms and legs were torn from their bodies. Mothers had babies that were torn out of their wombs, cut out of the very womb. And all of them died for nothing if Jesus is still... Hebrews chapter 11 gives us a list of all the faithful people who are looking for their eternal home. We call that the roll call of the faithful. But if Jesus is still in the tomb, we might as well call it the roll call of the foolish because it's a total waste of time to even talk about Christianity at all if Jesus is still in the tomb. So I'm wasting my time, and it's really hard to figure out who's the biggest fool here. Am I the biggest fool because I spend my time three, uh, delivering three sermons a week and all the study and everything that goes into that? Am I the bigger fool, or are you the bigger fool for getting out of bed early on Sunday morning to come and listen to what I have to say? Which of us is the biggest fool? Now, there might be some of you who'd say, well, it's okay with me if Jesus didn't come out of the grave. We can just call the whole thing off. 
I don't have to get out of bed on Sunday morning any longer. I'll never miss the 49ers losing another Nate game again. It just doesn't matter to me. Your faith has to be based on something that's good. Your faith has to be something based in something that, that is solid and has a good object. You know, you can have faith in a lot of things, but if the object of your faith is no good, then it's pointless. You could go out here and get an airplane and jump out without a parachute, and all the way down you can say, it's going to be all right, I believe it's going to be fine, I trust it, I, I know it's going to be all right, but I promise you when you hit the ground, it'll ruin your day. Your faith has to be in something solid, in something good. You have to have a good object for your faith. And so Paul is saying here, if you put your faith in Jesus and he's still in that tomb, then your faith is worthless. Your faith might as well be in the tomb itself if Jesus is in the grave. Then thirdly, if Jesus is still in the grave, what does it mean? It means that our funerals are final. I suppose at some time or another... All of you have probably been to a funeral. In the past couple of weeks, we had a funeral here for one of our dear sisters, Lorraine Campbell, who passed away. In a couple more weeks, we'll have a funeral, a memorial service for Brother Claude McGlade, who just passed away. Our funerals would be final if Jesus did not come out of the grave. In in the 18th verse here, Paul says, Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. And he means... Those who died believing in Jesus Christ. If Christ did not come out of the grave, they're not coming out of the grave either. If he didn't come out of that tomb, then that funeral was the last time that you'd ever see that person. The last moments that you spent with them, you might as well have said goodbye right then because you'll never see that person again. The relationship is completely over. I preach many funerals, and at each funeral where... The person that was lying there, the person that had died, was a Christian. I've always reminded the family that that person that they see, that's not the real person. The real person is not in that body. For a Christian, the real person has gone on to heaven to be with the Lord. And then one day there's going to be a resurrection and the body will be raised. It will be reunited with the spirit that's in heaven. But if there is no resurrection, if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, then I'm a liar. I can't say that. There's no comfort in that. If they found the body of Jesus, if it's not missing, I am a liar, folks. We won't see Frank Tharp again. We won't see Dennis Prince or Evelyn French. We won't see Lorraine Campbell again. We won't see Brother Claude McGlade again. If there is no resurrection, it's all over. There's no point in it. All of those loved ones that have died and gone on before us, we'll never see them again if Jesus' body was found in a Palestinian tomb somewhere, it is absolutely essential that Jesus arose from the grave. You think about the hope that an atheist has at a funeral. He has no hope at all. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in resurrection. And if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, we have just as much hope as an atheist. And then fourthly, if they found the body of Jesus, that forgiveness is a fable. In verse 17, Paul says, And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Do you understand that all of us have a sin problem? But God has offered us forgiveness for our sins. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18, the scripture says, God says, 
Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And what God is saying there is that our sins are like dirt. Our sins stain us. They're a stain on the soul. Years ago, when I lived in Kentucky, I used to own a construction company. Sometimes I would, I would work in concrete, and, and I would come home all hot and sweaty. I'd have concrete splattered all over me. And by the way, for those of you that are Californians, it's concrete, not cement. <laughs> cement is an ingredient in concrete. So I'd have this concrete splattered all over me, and there was nothing that I liked better than just to get home and take a shower and wash off all of that dirt and grime. It feels good to be clean. Well, when you come to Jesus, this is what happens to your soul. That, that, that stain of sin that's in your soul, Jesus Christ washes that away. The Bible tells us that we're washed in the precious the Lamb, and all sins are taken away when we, by faith, see Jesus Christ, when we trust Him, when our hope is in Him, then that stain of sin is gone and forgiveness is granted. But guess what, friends? If Jesus is still in the tomb, there is no such thing as forgiveness because you're still in your sins. You're as filthy and rotten and vile as the worst sinner that lives on this earth. A few years ago, I was in, a, in a Dachau, Germany, at a concentration camp there. And what a terrible place that that was. There they had gassed millions of Jews, or thousands in that particular place, I should say. And there they had performed medical experiments on them. They died torturous deaths. In the past couple of weeks when we were in Israel, we went to the Holocaust Museum. And it's just awful to think of the things that were done in that place. And, and I believe that the hottest part of hell is reserved for people like Adolf Hitler and for Eichmann and Mengele, those who would do such things to those people. But did you know this? If Jesus did not arise from the grave, there is no forgiveness for your sins, and you'll be in the very same place as Hitler and as Eichmann and Mengele and all those who did those terrible things. There is no forgiveness if Christ didn't come out of the grave. We're guilty sinners, and we're still in our sins. Then number five. If they found the body of Jesus, our future is futile. There's no hope for us. There's no hope for a person if they found the body of Jesus. Very simply stating, there's no hope. You might as well go out today and drink yourself into a stupor. Go out and take drugs. Do anything you want to do to your body because it doesn't matter at all. There is no resurrection if Jesus did not arise from the grave. And you think about it, could you go on being a Christian? I mean, could you continue to be called a fool for the sake of Christ? Could you continue with being made fun of and, and trying to live your faith and the hardships that go with being a Christian if Jesus didn't come out of the grave? You know what Paul said about that? If Jesus did not come out of the tomb in verse 19, it says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If Christ is still in that tomb, then God has played a cruel trick on all of us. It all falls apart if the body of Jesus were found in a tomb in Palestine. There's no hope for us. There is no future if Jesus is in the tomb. So do you see the problem here? Do you see that? It is impossible for us to go on being Christians if Jesus did not come out of the grave. It's hopeless. Everything falls apart. But now let's take just a few minutes and let's look at the other side of this. 
Let's go back to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to read some more verses here. I'd like you to read these verses out out loud with me. We're going to read verses 20 through 22. So if you'll read this with me. Verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Oh, thank God for that conjunction that you see in verse number 20, that little three-letter word that says, but, but changes everything. Someday you ought to do a study on all the buts that are in the Bible, and you'd see how much things get changed by those. So let's look at the other side of this for just a minute. Let's look at the positive affirmations if the body of Jesus is still missing. Well, the first thing that you'd have to do, you've got to go back to that list that I just gave you, and you've got to switch everything around. All of those negatives into positives because our founder is the Lord, in fact. Our faith is real. Our funerals are only temporary. Forgiveness is a fact. And our future is full of hope if Jesus is alive. Now, I want you to look at three positive benefits if Jesus is alive and they never find his body in any grave. The first one is this, our Lord can be trusted. Our Lord can be trusted. If he is alive, then he is who he said that he was. Now, I want you to listen to what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Now, do you see that? You need to look at it closely. Jesus is alive and he holds the keys of hell and death. Every one of us has the threat of hell hanging over us. And yet Jesus is the only one who could say that I am the one who has keys that will unlock the chains of hell and death. Jesus said, I'm alive. You can trust me. You can believe me. Now, if Jesus is dead, everything that he said is invalidated. You can mark all of it off, throw all of it all away. But if Jesus is alive, then everything that he said is true. All of it can be authenticated. You can believe every single word of it if Jesus is alive. Do you know what the greatest discovery that was ever made? There's some people who believe, well, the greatest discovery that was ever made was when Columbus sailed the ocean and he discovered the world. That's the greatest greatest discovery ever made. Other people think that when they discovered penicillin and we were able to conquer many diseases that people had, uh, that was the greatest discovery that was ever made. Some people say that, oh, the greatest discovery that was ever made was when they learned how to capture a signal and send it into a box, and so now I can watch on my TV every day, I can see Oprah, and as the world turns, thank the Lord, that's the greatest thing that ever happened. Some people think that the greatest discovery is yet to be made. Whenever we find a cure for cancer, or we find a cure for AIDS, and that will be the greatest discovery that's ever been made. But if you think those things, you're wrong. Because the greatest discovery was actually when they found nothing at all. And that's when Peter and John ran to that tomb and they looked inside and there was no body. That is the greatest discovery that was ever made. That changed everything. That had the greatest impact on the world than anything that has ever happened. It changed everything. Nothing's the same anymore. And when you see that the tomb is empty, you'll find this to be true, that it's full of significance, actually, for those who are believers in Christ. Now, the second thing 
if, if we can't find the body of Jesus and it will never be found, then we know this. Our sins can be forgiven. That's good news. Our sins can actually be forgiven. Now, the death of Jesus on the cross, that was the payment for our sins. Sometimes we think that the resurrection, you know, that was just a nice little add-on to Christianity. Christ died. That's the payment for sins. He came out of the tomb. Well, that's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. But it's just an add-on to the whole thing. But the resurrection of Christ actually holds for its deep theological significance. Listen to Romans 4, verse 25, when it speaks of Jesus. It says, Who was delivered, that's Jesus, was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And so without the resurrection, the cross would have been a waste of time. The cross is meaningless unless there's a resurrection. And that's because there are plenty of people that have been crucified. At the time that Jesus died, uh, back in the first century, there were hundreds and hundreds of people that died on crosses. There were lots of people that gave their lives as martyrs. But the thing that made the difference about the cross is that Jesus came out of the grave. That's the thing that validated what Jesus did. Now, how do we know that our sins are forgiven and we're justified? Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty of our sins. He died on the cross as payment to satisfy God's justice for us. And in a few minutes, we'll sing the song, Jesus paid it all. Well, how do we know that Jesus paid it all? How do we know that's true? Well, we know it's true, and we know that our sins are forgiven. We know that we're justified because Jesus came to this earth to fulfill the Father's will. He came to give his life for those who would believe in him, And then when God raised him from the dead, that was to show that the Father accepted what Jesus did on the cross as that payment. And so God says, I send my son to the cross. He died on the cross there for your sins. And I'm going to show that his work is complete by raising him again from the dead. And so that's what God the Father did. He validated Christ's work here. He validated the cross, the the, the payment for sins, by raising Jesus from the dead. And did you know that the resurrection of the dead, of Jesus Christ, is the most important thing that you need to know and believe to be saved? Why would I say that? Because that's what Paul said. In Romans 10, verses 8 and 9, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. So I don't have to have you answer 40 Bible questions correctly to to pronounce that you're saved. I don't have to have you give me an explanation of election and predestination and effectual calling before I can say that you're saved. You don't have to know any of that. You don't have to understand any of it. But you have to know this. You have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and then you can be saved. Deny that and you'll stay in your sins, and you'll go into the fires of hell. You see, the resurrection of Christ is not an add-on feature to Christianity, because if this is not true, and if you don't believe it, it makes all the difference where you spend eternity. Then number three today, if we could not find the body of Jesus, if he is not dead, then our lives can be exciting. Listen to what Peter says, whom having not seen, Ye love, and whom, and whom though you, now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So what does the verse say? 
Because of the resurrection of Christ, my life is full of joy. Life is exciting for me. I love what I'm doing here. I'm not wasting my time by preaching to you. You're not wasting your time by coming and listening to it and reading the Word of God. It all means something now. Jesus is not in the tomb, so it's real to you now. It means that heaven is my home. It means that I've got something to look forward to. I'll see again all the saints that have gone on before me, all of my loved ones. I'll see them again since Jesus is not in the tomb. Now, some of you today, maybe you're not excited about that at all. Maybe, maybe you really don't care so much about this because all that you've done, you've just bought into religion. You're happy just to have religion. And did you know this religion kills? You don't find any joy in religion. Look at what religion does. Religion causes wars. Whether it's Catholics versus Protestants like in Northern Ireland, or whether it's the Jews versus the Muslims in, in the Middle East, the only thing that religion has ever done for anybody is to bring sadness and death. It's always been that way. Religion does not bring any joy. And without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you might just as well go out there and strap a, 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 a vest on you full of explosives and blow yourself to bit, just like the Muslims do. You might as well do that because religion does not bring you any joy. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Did you know that you're faced with a decision today? You've listened to this message and you need to decide for yourself. Is Jesus dead or is Jesus alive? What does it mean to you? Does it make any difference to you whether Jesus is dead or alive? I'd submit to you today that Jesus is alive. He did come out of the grave. I know that for sure in my heart, and I'm absolutely convinced that Jesus is alive. You know, it's interesting that you can read the Bible and you find no record that there was a search for the body of Jesus. Even those Jews who who steadfastly maintained that they would not trust in Jesus as their Savior, they would not believe that he was the Messiah, do you know that they never put out a search party to find the body? They thought it would be much easier if we just go and and, and pay the guards to say that his body was stolen. Let's just, let's just pay them, because they knew. They knew that it would be a fruitless search. Why spend time looking for a body that's not there? So there is no search for him. Folks, his body will not be found. There will be no tomb opened where anyone will be able to say, here lies the body of Jesus Christ. Now today you need to answer some questions, and I'm going to give you a pop quiz today as we close the message, just, a, just three questions that I want to ask you, and you need to answer these for yourself and see what does it really mean that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. The first question is, do you believe that Jesus is alive? Yes or no? Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Well, now why do you have to believe that? We read it just a moment ago in Romans 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved. Now, that's why it's so important. Do you believe that Jesus is alive? That's the overriding principle of salvation. There is no other question asked but that. So I don't ask you today, do you believe that Jesus was born in Bethlehem? Do you believe that Jesus healed people? Do you believe that Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem at the beginning of 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 the Passover week? Do you believe that? I don't have to ask you that question. The only question that the Bible asks, do you believe that Jesus arose from the dead. Do you believe he's alive? 
The second question is, does Jesus live in you? Yes or no? Does Jesus live in you? Many people say, well, I know that Jesus is alive. I believe he's alive. I believe in the history of the resurrection. You can believe in the history of the resurrection and go straight to the fires of hell. The thing is, you have to internalize this. It has to be real to you. You have to experience it in your own heart that this has taken place. So if you ask me the question, now, preacher, I don't understand this. What do you mean, is Jesus alive in me? If you have to answer that, ask me that question, then I can tell you Jesus is not alive in you because you would know it. If he's alive in you, you know it. He know exactly what I mean. I heard this true story. There was a, a teacher in New Orleans several years ago who gave a test to her students, and she wanted them to write on a piece of paper. She says, write down the name of somebody who is living who's had a great influence on your life. So she collected all the papers, and she looked at one paper, and there was the name of the president. She looked at another paper, and, and there's the name of a movie star on this one. She opened up a third paper, and there she found the name of Michael Jordan. But then she opened up one more paper, and one little boy had written on it, Jesus. And the teacher said to him, maybe you didn't understand the question. I ask you someone who is alive, who's had an influence on your life. And he said, no, ma'am, I did misunderstand the question. He said, Jesus is alive. Now, it turns out that this little boy was a, a Baptist preacher's son. And so the teacher said, well, how do you know that he's alive? And he wasn't an apologist, and he couldn't advance any polemic proofs for the resurrection of Christ. He just happened to remember a song that was sung in church the week before. He lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. If Jesus lives in your heart, you will know it. There won't be a question. The number three today, are you giving him your life, your loyalty, and your love? If Jesus is alive, then he deserves your life. If he is alive today, he deserves your loyalty. And certainly if Jesus is alive because of what he did on that cross, he deserves your love. What if they found the body of Jesus? They haven't, and they never will. Today, I hope that you know Jesus and that he is alive in you. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we are so thankful that the body of Jesus will never be found. There is no body in that grave, and we thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ who makes all of these things real to us. We can trust you. We can believe you. It is a fact. And because of this, there is a hope for us. There's a future for us. And we thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for our sins. I ask you, Lord, that you might speak to the heart of some person here today. If they could not answer the question, I don't know if Jesus is alive in me. I don't understand what that means. Would you open up their heart? Would you show them what Jesus did? And would you show them that he is the Savior, not only of the world, but he is the Savior their Savior, if they'll just put their trust in you. Bless in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.